Hey everybody, my name is Ryan. Welcome to another episode of Truth Uncut, where we tell the truth in uncut fashion, meaning that it's not mixed in with any other substance. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me as always is Kevin, and on today's episode, we get into the wilderness and talk about how God has helped us navigate through these seasons. Let's cue the intro. What's up, bro? Not much, man. Trying to stay in the stay in the light. That's like the story of my life, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, walk in the light, the, bro. Don't go to the, the darkness, light. Kevin. Don't go to the darkness. Well, welcome everybody. Uh, do us a favor. Leave us a comment. Let us know where you're watching from. And yeah, let's jump right into this. So today we. <laughs> Both of us have been through some seasons in our life. I'll just, I'll tell you that. Um, we've been through some seasons, man. And one of the seasons I think that for me, I found the most benefit from is that wilderness season. And I, I know uh, kind of going into those seasons, Kevin, sometimes the wilderness seasons aren't fun. Well, I think what's interesting is you use the word, the benefits of the wilderness, right? And at least when I first went into the wilderness, I wasn't looking at any benefits. <laughs> well, who does, right? Oh, yay. My whole life's a burning heap of trash right now. So, yeah. Fun. I mean, uh, I actually just want to read out of Exodus really quick because what's interesting is that as soon as they cross over the Red Sea, so first and foremost, like God just did the most miraculous, crazy thing ever and just set them free out of bondage for, what, 400 years, right? Correct. And just wipes out the enemy. And as soon as they get on the other side, they start grumbling and complaining again. And it's like oh. they almost just forgot exactly what God had just done for them. Um, so this is in Exodus Chapter 16. So it says the whole Israelite community, this is verse one. I'm going to kind of jump around and summarize a little bit, but it says the whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of sin, which I think is interesting that the desert of sin, because of what they did in the wilderness for so long. So it says, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. This is literally like right after the chapter that they just like had this miraculous freedom. So it says the Israel, the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day in this way. And I think this is important, this next thing that I'm about to say, because you talked about the benefits, Ryan, and why do we go into a wilderness season, right? So it says, in this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in and that it is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. 
Obviously, that's for Sabbath. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening, you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. So I'm going to skip down. And uh, the Lord says to Moses later, he goes, I've heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight, you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. But I think it's so interesting that they just walk out of this and, and the entire enemy gets wiped out and they're free. And then the first thing they say is like, man, we just wish we had died in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> you, like you when, know, The funny thing, I, I feel like sometimes um, when we have something clear from God, right? Like he made it really clear. When you read, when you read uh, prior to them going out from Egypt, he, he made it really clear what was happening, right? Even, even in this, that passage you just read, he made it really clear what was getting ready to happen and why, why they were in the position that they were in. Um, and, and it's funny because I, I feel like what happens a lot of time is when we come into Christianity, we have this idea or this mindset that because we're Christians, that nothing bad is ever going to happen to us. Right. And it's, it's so backwards and it's so not in line with what the scriptures actually teach that, um, I, I actually laugh even at myself sometimes when I forget that God didn't promise that everything would go well with me. Um, and it is easy, like you're saying, when we get, you know, into those seasons where it seems like everything is against us and it's not the way that it used to be, or it's not the way we expected it to be, that we automatically assume that God did something wrong. Right. And that's the or, underlying thing here is that they're assuming that God did something wrong by leading them into the place that they're going into. Or what were you going to say? Well, I'm going to say, in addition to that, how many times have when you had something bad happen in your life, you're like, what did I do? Oh, a hundred percent. You're like, did I just sin? Like, am I not being good enough? Is Am I not reading the word enough? Am I not spending time with Jesus 100%. enough? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, then what happens in you, I think we briefly spoke on this last week, at least for myself. Then I start thinking, well, I, I start trying to control things and I go back into the spirit of religion. Yeah. And, and I think that's a tendency for all, all of us is to get back into a place where we're in control, quote unquote control, right? Where we, we are the ones that are, are making everything happen or uh, the good or the bad that happens to us is a direct result of the good or the bad that we do. And, and it comes back to this idea of God. What is our picture and our perspective of who God is? Because if we relate to God with the idea or the mindset that if we read enough scripture, if we pray enough, that that means that we'll somehow avoid the wilderness. I think we have a wrong perspective of God and what his intentions are in that wilderness seasons. And I, and I know that there's people that are going to be listening to this show that are either a in a wilderness season, like you're going through some things right now where it looks like uh, nothing is working. God's favor is not on your life. And like you said, maybe there's a perspective that, you know, um, I've done something wrong, which is why this is happening to me. And, and I just, I feel like that tonight, 
um, as we talk about this, this idea of who God is in the midst of the wilderness is going to come out and become apparent because I think it's really important that we understand as we navigate through these wilderness seasons that we keep a clear picture of who God is because when we understand who God is, we understand what his intentions are and what they're not. Yeah. I've got a question for you. So I was just thinking as you were talking. Yeah. Would you agree that if you are going into a wilderness season, it requires you to have walked with God for a little while? Meaning that, for example, you know, I came out of the valley into the shadow of death. So, like, for me, my wilderness season didn't happen until seven years into me serving God. And maybe, I don't know. I don't know. You spared you, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. Maybe it's waiting for me to get to the maturity level. I mean, who knows, you know? I mean, I'll figure that out someday. But God's not going to put more into our life than we're able to handle right? Like God's not going to, and this is, it goes back to what I was saying in the beginning. Uh, God's not going to take us through a season that's going to destroy us. I think that's, I think that's more appropriate the way that you said it that time, because the whole purpose, I I think um, when people say, oh, well, God won't give me more than I can handle. Well, the reality is, is he's going to give you more than you can handle, which creates a dependency on him. And that's the whole point, right? Right. But, but my point is, is that if God knows where we're at in our faith, right? Like if he knows, I don't He's not going to give you something that's going to crush you. Exactly. So God's intention, the scriptures are really clear. He does not desire that any would perish, but that all come to repentance, right? Like that's, that's his desire for humanity. And so when we take that into Christianity, this idea that God's not out to get me, like he's not looking for um, me to be crushed and discouraged and depressed. He's looking for me to rise above. Yeah, I, th- I think we both of us, and this is my fault because I use the word crushed, I think destroyed, like like to the yes. point where we there's no return because crushed is exactly what where he's there, doing. Yeah, where there's no <laughs> yeah, remedy. So we got to, yeah, we right? got to be change that word, I think. Uh, it's changed. Changed forever, like <laughs> me from the blood of Jesus. Uh yeah, but do you do you agree that that it does take a little while? Like normally, when when was your first wilderness season? I guess Ryan, like uh, wh- when not, would you say? Um, well, okay, so I think we need to differentiate between what a wilderness season is and um, dealing with a bunch of drama because you're not doing the right things. Because not long well, coming after out of, I got coming saved, out of the world, right? Right. Yeah. So not long after I got saved. Um, and, and much like your testimony, I dealt with drug addiction for a lot of years, bro. And, and in and out of prison and destroyed everything I put my hands on. And then even after giving my life to Christ, I'd love to sit here and be like, yeah, my life was perfect. I never struggled with anything. You know, I, you know, it, I've just been this Holy ghost filled on fire follower of Jesus since I got saved. And, and that's, that's just not, it's not my story, bro. Because not long after I got saved, I went back to the world. I went back to the things of the world. I went back to drug use. Right. And, and I wouldn't constitute that as, as a wilderness season. And this is, this is the thing I think that um, will help us kind of differentiate between um, this concept that this is my fault and this concept that no, this is from God. 
right? Because this is my fault is a direct relation to the sin in my life and what I've done wrong. I, I put myself into positions to experience a quote unquote wilderness season. It wasn't a wilderness season. It was me running back to the things of the world, right? But in a, let's just, just let's move that to the side and let's talk about not the person that is maybe uh, dealing with a bunch of sin in their life because the remedy for sin in your life is repentance, right? Let's just, that's the truth. The truth is if you have sin in your life, the easiest thing to do is confess your sins because he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the remedy for sin. So push that to the side. What we're dealing with in a wilderness season is, is something that God has allowed us to step into. And I would, I would say by design, right? By design, we step into these wilderness seasons and the intention and purpose behind it is not that we would come out of the wilderness season completely destroyed, like you were saying, right? And so I, I would, to, in answer to your question, and I know I took the, the detour here to get to the answer to your question, but I would say that, yes, God spares us those wilderness seasons from the outset doesn't mean that it's all like, you know, um, it's going to be seven years before you have a wilderness season. No, I, I think it's dependent on where we're at with him. I think it's dependent on, on um, the level of maturity and faith that we have to be able to navigate through those wilderness seasons. Right. So I, I think in some ways, yes, you're correct. God will take us through those seasons, you know, down the road in our walk. Like just look at the children of Israel, right? 400 years in Egypt in bondage, they get set free from that. Right. And then there, God, he loads them down, bro. They didn't just leave bondage. They left bondage with silver and gold and clothes and their, their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. And they started on this 11 day journey. And as they started on this 11 day journey is when this wilderness season began. So it wasn't like they left Egypt into a wilderness journey right away. It came down that road. And I, and I think it's true. Like I was telling you uh, earlier before we jumped on here, uh, the story of David, he receives this call, right? And he's 16 years old, but he goes through this process with Saul trying on his armor. And then he ends up slaying the giant and, and all this whole process taking him to running for his life for 20 years. Right. So I do think there there is some biblical precedent to say, yes, as we navigate through wilderness seasons, it's usually later on down the road in our walk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying seven years specifically. I'm just thinking of like, OK, you know, Jesus went into the wilderness. David ended up in the wilderness. Uh, Moses and the Israelites were in the wilderness like they were they were serving God at one point in their life, I guess, is my question. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I would, I would, you can't even understand a wilderness season unless you're a follower of Christ. And, and, um, I, I the question I have is, uh, in the wilderness season, what is the question that someone should be asking of God? What's the question? Like what, what did you, what were your questions? Right. So I, like maybe we should uh, chat a little bit about the last four years of your life. Right. Because I mean, you're my best friend, bro. I walked through the last four years of your life with you. And in some ways I was in the wilderness with you. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. So that's, right. I'm going to talk about that. Uh, if I don't forget, um, I won't let you, forget. but, but, 
so to, to your question, right? My question started off with what we just talked about. My questions at first were, why am I going through this? Mm, why? Like, what did I do wrong? Mm. What is happening? Why did I have, boom. Uh, why did I walk out of Egypt with all of the cattle and the shoes and everything that I had in my life? And now all of a sudden, you know, my wilderness was a little different um, towards the end of it because all those things shoes, have, bro. I still, still dude, all my souls are still there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because I have shoes that I just have sitting there that I haven't even worn. Um, oh, you threw me off. But yeah, so I, I think that when I first went into it, those were my questions. And to be honest with you, four years later, and, and my perspective has changed, and I think that's super important, but I still don't understand all of the reason. Of why I'm in the wilderness. And so you're still, but I, yes, I can see the promised land or Canaan land, right? But I'm not out of it yet. I don't believe. Right. I think I, I, I see it. Um, I see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I didn't understand it for the first two or three years. I couldn't understand it. And what happened is my perspective just came to a point, and I, th I know I've shared this with you personally, mm -hmm. um, and you've had to speak life over me and, and so have some other people, but I really struggled for two or three years. And I got to the point where my wilderness was almost kind of like Job's life where everything around me, I mean, from relationships just flipped upside down. Um, you know, I even thought I heard from God. I think that a lot of people can relate to that. They're like, oh, I think I'm going to be with this person for the rest of my life. And, you know, this is the person I'm supposed to be with. And then when it doesn't happen, you're like crushed, you know. Right. Uh, but I started questioning whether I was hearing from God mm -hmm. because I was – because of that. I mean, that was one huge thing that completely, there was so much confusion going on. And what happened is my eyes started to get distracted from staying focused on Christ. Right. That they became focused on my problems. Right. So you became, you became sin conscious instead of God conscious. Hey friends, if you're getting value from this show, do us a favor, wherever you're listening to this podcast on, leave us a review download it, share it with some friends, help us get this show out to as many people as possible. That's the best way that you can support the Truth Uncut podcast. And we want you to know that we're so grateful for each one of you. Let's dive back into the content. Or problem if, conscious if, instead if of God conscious. Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. if necessarily that's all considered sin. Did I fall into sin in the middle of the wilderness? Yeah, I complained. We don't think that that's sin, but I was complaining. Um, did I fall into gross sin and stuff like that? I mean, dude, I even fell back into some of the things that I had been set free from for seven or eight years. Right. But I believe that there was multiple things that occurred. It wasn't like I just ran back to that. It was a year and a half into the wilderness that I started running back to the things in Egypt. That's really interesting. Right. Because it's the same thing, like what you were reading in the scripture previously, um, their desire when things became difficult, when they lost sight of the destination, right? Because ultimately what happened? They lost sight of the destination. They lost sight of the one that was leading them through this place. 
And instead, when they lose sight of that, they want to go back to the things that actually held them captive. Um, and, and at one point, they take all the gold and the silver and all the stuff that, that, that God blessed them with, and they make an idol out of it, right? To the point where um, God was basically like, like, hey, Moses, we're going to start over. We're going to wipe <laughs> these people off the face of the earth, and we're going to start over with oh. you, oh, right? Man. And, you know, thank God for his grace and his mercy. He didn't wipe them off the face of the earth. Um, but it's interesting to me that when things get difficult in our life, the direction we run, right? The direction we run, because it comes back to what I said at the very outset of this, this show tonight was our perspective of God matters. And I think one of the things the wilderness season does um, on a negative side, and the reason I say negative is because um, it's not a good thing that this exists in our life, but it nonetheless does. One of the things the wilderness season does in our life is it reveals and exposes our wrong perspectives of God. And, and yes. most of it's to do with how we relate to God, not just how God relates to us, but it's also an exposure of how we relate to him. Let's talk about that. I blame the Western church to an extent. Well, hold on. What do you mean by that? Because every message that I had ever heard, and I'm not saying this is every church, right? This is, is a blanket sure. statement, right? I can't, obviously there are churches that preach hundred percent the truth and sure. the uncut truth. Um, <laughs> but are they, true but uncut? look, I can't, blame anybody but myself. So let me clarify that. Right. But I would say that it didn't help me that the fact that every time I ever heard anybody talk about Jesus in the church, for the most part, for all the, however many times in years, it was like, Oh yeah, give your life to Jesus, man. Everything's going to get better. Right. Right. And, and that drives me nuts because it's not the message of the gospel. Right. John mm -hmm. 16, 33 says in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. He, in fact, he promised otherwise. Right. And, it, and it's interesting to me that he told his disciples, his apostles, that they would be brought before magistrates and kings. They would be persecuted. But yet we think that for some reason now, Christ, the message of the gospel is Christ will make you better. Uh, Christ will save you from sin, the ultimate destination of heaven. There's no sin, no more sorrow. He wipes away every tear. That's the promise, right? But in this life, as long as sin is still present with us, unfortunately, we're going to deal with tribulation. We're going to deal with persecution. We're going to deal with all kinds of nonsense while we're at home in this bag of bones, bro. This this skin suit. <laughs> what is this scripture? Is it Romans? Romans chapter eight, and he says that the current, the present sufferings of this world will not compare to the glory of will not something. shall not be able to uh, be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Yeah, that was something I had to hold on to. Right. You know, when we talk about having a perspective change, that's really what had to have happened for me um, when I felt like I became to a, or I came to a place where I was just comfortable in the yeah. wilderness, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, my life and everybody else around me is like, Oh, you need to do, do this and this and this and this. And everybody's telling me what to do. And I'll be honest with you, man. I, I just 
was, I think that's another thing you have to learn is when you're in the wilderness, one, it's important to have community, right? I mean, the Bible does talk about there's wisdom in having a multitude of counselors, but you also have to be cautious of who the heck you're letting speak into your life, even the people close to you. Right. And I'm not, you know, I mean, because if they're coming from a worldly perspective, they can influence you in a negative way. Right. I mean, and I'm not saying God can't use a worldly a person who's not, uh, you know, a Christian to to speak something into your life that, you know, is of God or whatever, right? I'm going to obviously use a donkey. Sure. But I think you do have to be cautious of who you let speak into Absolutely. your life because if there's a lot of people who are naysayers or saying, oh, you need to do this and this and this. And, you know, for me, I was trying to go and get a job and God was slamming the door in my face and everybody's telling me, oh, you need to go and get a job and work at nine to five and take this and take that. And in reality, now that I look back, I'm like, God was trying to force me into starting my own company in my own business, which is actually something that I actually prayed for. Yeah. And then now he's doing it right now. Is it happening nearly as fast as I'd like him to do it? No, but in other ways it's happening extremely fast where I couldn't take the credit for some of the things that for, I should say almost for all of the things right. that God is doing in my life. Listen, listen to this. Listen to what Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 says. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. It says, And you shall remember always all the ways which the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, so that he might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart or mind, whether you would keep his commandments or not. It's interesting because um, when our life kind of gets flipped up on its head. We lose sight of the fact that God is doing something in the midst of it, right? Like we only see, like you were saying, our, our, we're short-sighted. We only see what's happening to us, not what God is doing in us, right? We only see what's happening to us. We're, we're, it's circumstantial Christianity, meaning we're living by our circumstances and we're determining our relationship with God from our circumstances. So if our circumstances aren't good, then we ultimately have a negative perspective of what God is doing in our life. And, and this actually teaches something completely opposite. It said that the wilderness season was so that he could humble us and test us and know what's in our heart, whether we would keep his commandments or not. And, and it, the interesting thing is, is I look back on the wilderness seasons of my life and I say, man, God, you know, I'm really sorry that I was such a jerk in those wilderness seasons because now after I finally gotten out of them, after I took the 40 year detour on an 11 day journey, like the children of Israel, I look back on it and I'm grateful for it because I, I came out of it humble and I came out of it confident because he built things in me through those seasons. And the main thing that he built in me through those seasons is the ability to trust him, right? do I trust him for sustenance? Like we were looking at with the scriptures about Israel, he provided for them. They complained about that. They said, you know, we're tired of eating this light food. They wanted the meat of Egypt, right? They wanted the food of bondage rather than the food of freedom. They were eating angels food. I mean, come on, bro. You know what I mean? And so, and then they complained that they were thirsty afterwards. <laughs> right. And, and so how we go into these seasons matters, right? And, and I think it's helpful to the body of Christ to understand the wilderness season is there with a purpose. There's a purpose attached to it. And there's a destination on the other side. 
I wrote a book called Out of Obscurity and it's about my life. And one of the things that I said in this book that I learned was that before God can get me to the destination, he's got to deal with my character, right? I have to go through the process before I hit the position. Right, We want God to do all this tremendous stuff in our life. We've got a powerful call of God in our life. We want that job. We want that promotion. We want all these things for God to do in our life. But the, the backside of that is the character development. And my character has never been more developed than in seasons of wilderness. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I've never learned anything when I was on vacation except to not spend as much money. Or like yeah, when then, I'm just and then chilling. The next time you went on vacation, you spent the same amount of money, didn't you? <laughs> Shoot, I've, I don't go on vacation very often, but yeah, well, I you mean, went on vacation for four years <laughs> in the wilderness, <laughs> right? Uh, so, so when you were when you were talking uh, about the manna, right, in the scriptures, so something I wanted to talk about is when God gave them instruction right? He told them to only um, collect an omer each day. And I think that's interesting because in this season, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to go out and I need to gather as much as I possibly can, right? I mean, I'm talking tangibly, like financially speaking, because that's been one of the challenges, just just one of the challenges in, in this season of my life. But when they gathered too much, it basically just got moldy and all this other stuff. So I want right. to talk about how God provides you or has provided for me in this season. I, I don't know if this is how he has done it for other people. I can't really speak on those things because that's obviously not my experience. But in the past, when I have been in situations where, you know, I've been fired from a job for whatever, preaching, you know, praying for people or, you know, different things. I've been in this place before financially, like sure. three times in four years. Right. So the first right. two times I was like, whatever, I don't really care because I left Egypt with a lot, of, you know, all the cattle and everything, so to speak. Right. And then the second season I got in and then COVID hit. I lost my job again. And this and then, you know, it was within a month and a half, two months, I got another job and I was starting to get back on my feet. And then all of a sudden I get terminated again for standing up for righteousness and also stupidity for something that I shouldn't have done, but I did it. Um, so God has provided for me through, uh, I don't know if I'm putting this into the right perspective, but before he just opened the job and it was like, okay, boom, I got the job. And then I may, I was financially speaking, I had a, the, my needs met you know, you know, not in abundance, abundance, but I had more, right. he just took care of it like in an instant. Does that make sense? But yes. what's interesting is in the wilderness, he only gave them just what they needed for one day. Why do you think that is? It's interesting to me. I, I mean, it, it bears some conversation because um, it comes back to what we were talking about in the beginning. Why do you think that is? One, you already spoke on it, trust or faith, right? Because it be creates a dependency. And for me, God had to take me away from, from myself trying to fix the problem. And right. not that I, there's, you know, obviously faith without works is dead. There is an action, right? And when I say, you know, people told me to go get a nine to five job, there, 
I should say just so for case there's anybody listening, like, yes, you still need to try and get a job and to provide for yourself and apply to places or whatever, but God shut those doors on me. So I just want to clarify that. Um, but going into, think about Matthew chapter six. That the Matthew chapter six, he talks about not to worry about yesterday or what's for tomorrow because today's enough of its own worries. That's, you know, paraphrase. Right. And what does he say? He says, seek ye the first or seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So I think there's multiple reasons. One of the biggest ones is you talked about the consistency that like you can trust God on a daily basis. Why? Because what happens is when we go into seasons and we go into places that are challenging, the first thing we start thinking, what causes anxiety? What causes fear? Right. It's thinking about the future and everything that's going to happen a week or six weeks or a year from now. And you're also thinking about everything that you could potentially lose. Yeah. And, and he's like, just focus on right now and just wake up. And if I say, hey, go and collect an omer of bread, just do what's right in front of you. And there's right. so, so, you know, I think that there's a second thing that God has taught me in this season, because obviously there's a twofold and probably multiple of things, but one, we're talking tangibly speaking, but let's also talk about that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And sometimes when you're in a wilderness season, God, I didn't hear God speaking to me, but it's because normally in my past, I had heard everything that God had ever spoke to me. I mean, not that he didn't speak to me in the word, but my primary way I heard God was by spending time with him in prayer. And he kind of went silent. And so what he was doing is he was saying to like, look, the word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. And when you're in a wilderness season and you don't know what direction you're supposed to go, this right here is mm -hmm. what gives you directions. And it oh, was absolutely. all of, and it was all of the lessons that I have learned, man. Like I'll just read a few of these. Go ahead. Did you have a question? No, I, I was just, I, all I was going to say was, uh, when you look at the direct instructions from God in the wilderness, the, the point behind this, like you said, A, it's faith building, right? It's trusting because if I gather more than God told me to gather, let's just put ourselves in the position of the Israelites for a second. If we were to be disobedient and go and gather more, which they were, and the, it rotted, right? It didn't actually keep until the next day. Um, but if if... If we were in the position of the Israelites and God was like, look, only gather this much. The minute we gathered more than that, what we're saying to God is we don't believe you're going to provide for us for tomorrow. Right. We're communicating. Mm -hmm. This comes back to that Deuteronomy 8 two, that he might humble you and test you to know what's in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments. A simple thing like don't gather too much of this food. Right. Prove to God, which they did gather more than they were supposed to. Prove to God and them that there was an issue with their ability to trust him for tomorrow's provision, right? And, and part of what God is doing in these wilderness season is teaching us that we can trust him for tomorrow by what he's doing today. See, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. It's not tomorrow. It's not yesterday. Why is that? Because tomorrow's uncertain. It might not even get here. And this comes back to what you were saying, the fear factor of what's going to happen down the road, right? And, and the fear is false evidence appearing real. And what we tend to do in these wilderness seasons is worst case scenarios. 
WCS, bro. You know, oh, <laughs> and, and trust me, I've been in this place before where you take um, what may happen with no evidence that it's going to happen, and then you write the whole story before it ever does happen. You know what I mean? And it's usually the worst case scenario, right? Like in, in your situation, you're gonna be homeless without a job, living in your car, you know, and, and you and I've had those conversations on, on several occasions. Um, but, but God showed himself faithful. And this is what's so incredible is that even in the midst of our disobedience and our unbelief in these seasons, God still provided. Yeah. You know, and when, when he talks about what he provides for it, right. I mean, the scripture, if I recall, it's, it's, you know, clothes on your back, food. It's a basic necessities, right? He doesn't promise that you're always going to have a roof over your head. Right. He doesn't promise that you're going to have the car that you want. You know, I mean, can God provide those things? Absolutely. He has in my past. He's, you know, done that, but I've also, you know, none of this looked the way that I thought it was going to, I guess, but he has, you know, how he's provided through family. He is provided through friends. He is provided through me. You know, when I moved out of my apartment, I was supposed to pay like two months rent and to break the lease. And I was like, Lord, I'm just going to trust you on this one. And I paid the rent for May and come to find out somebody moved in on the 15th. So they sent me like a thousand dollars back. Let's go. So Let's just, go. it's just, I guess my point is, he just provided for me and it's been, how long has it been financially? I lost my job in August, Ryan. What are we, I don't even know what month it is. Almost <laughs> August. It's almost been a year. You know, what's right. crazy about it is God has not just showed up the way that he did in the past where he just gave me that job. He has provided for me each month, sometimes like weekly. And you know who else he's provided through is through Ben, our Jewish yeah. friend. <laughs> through an through an unbeliever that I've been trying to convince to give his life to Christ for twelve years, the people that you you know wouldn't expect are the people that God has has provided. I mean, I even went out to lunch with a friend, and you know, I didn't. I, oh, and I want to say this too because this really drives me nuts. I know this guy who is in this financial position, very similar to what I have been through, and he always calls and he'll like text me. And then he'll be like, hey, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? And then all of a sudden, like a week later, he'll be like, hey, bro, do you think you could send me some money? You want, to, you want me to tell you, Ryan, how many times I've asked people to help me financially in this last 12 months of my life? Not once. Right. People are aware of my situation, but I have never gone to somebody and said, hey, can I have some money so you can help me out. I came close to it once, but it was my grandmother and she offered it to me first, which I never took it. My parents ended up kind of helping me out for a little bit. Um, but anyways, I think that there's some things that, I don't know, it just bugs me when people are like, you know, they're like, oh, can I, can you help me? Can you help me? Man, God hears your needs and he sees it and he's going to meet it. Just be faithful to him. Yeah. You know, and when I say faithful, that doesn't mean perfect because I have definitely not been perfect in this season. Right. right. But when I have messed up or I've grumbled and complained, I've repented and got right with him. And yeah. I feel like that's what he asks. He just says, 
don't stop running your race. You know, I think I briefly mentioned that. Yeah, um, definitely. Really but quick, I know if you guys are tuning in, please like, comment, share the broadcast. Let's get this show out uh, to as many people as possible. I know that we started an hour earlier than we normally do. And sometimes when we do time change, it, it's hard to get the message out to everybody. But do us a favor, share the broadcast, like and comment. And it would be a great and tremendous help to us to get this information out to as many people as possible. Because I believe what we're talking about tonight is going to help somebody walk through and navigate a wilderness season. One of the things, man, uh, about these wilderness seasons that um, I've realized is in some ways we have the ability to extend these seasons, right? Making them longer than they need to be. Um, I am convinced that Israel was only in the wilderness for 40 years because of their inability to follow the simple commands that God gave them. And so what was being revealed in their hearts was their lack of obedience and their lack of trust in God. And I think it's uh, part of the reason why uh, we decided to do this show was to help people understand when you're in those seasons and you're grumbling and you're complaining and you're, you're not following the clear commands of the word, and you're, you're not uh, tapping in and plugging into Christ, you can extend those seasons. What are you looking at, bro? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm trying to read the comments, man. I told you, like, the way I have my cameras in front of my screen, so. Bro, we got to help you, dude. We got to help you, man. We got to help you. Let's let's all pray for Kevin right now. <laughs> uh, I'm so, cool with it, man. Yeah, we can get all need all the prayers that we can get. So what I what I'm trying to get at here is that, you know, ultimately how we go through these seasons matters most, right? Because God's doing a work in us. And and personally, I only want the season to be as long as it needs to be, right? I, I only want to be in the wilderness as long as I need to be. Like when you look at Jesus in the gospels in, in Matthew chapter four and Luke chapter four, he went into the wilderness, right? for 40 days. He wasn't there for six months. He was there for 40 days. And then he dealt with the devil and came and started his ministry. So I look at the way that God operates and I, I look at how a lot of what happens in our life is dependent on our response to what God is doing, right? It's not so much what God is speaking, right? Because to your point, Sometimes God is silent in the midst of these seasons, right? And, and uh, Kenton earlier made a comment and said that the, uh, the silence of God is not the absence of God, right? It's not, it never means the absence. The presence of silence never means the absence of God. That is so good. That is so good. Because it comes back to the underlying theme that we've been talking about all through this show is our faith. Where's your faith? Because if my faith is intact, when I come into a wilderness season and God is silent, I'm not hearing from him the way that I used to. Uh, when I get into prayer, it's actually hard, right? And I know we've all kind of been in those seasons where prayer is difficult. We don't feel like we're really connecting with the presence of God. But his silence doesn't mean he's doing nothing. It doesn't mean that he's not actively leading us and guiding us. It means that 
most of the time, and you called this out, Kevin, and I want to I want to focus on that. Uh, you lifted your word because a lot of times God wants us to dive into the word in these seasons, right? He wants us to dive into the word to interact and connect with him. And we go everywhere else. We go everywhere else, but the word of God, right? We go to people, we go to our parents, we, you know, we go to friends, we go, we go to all these other people for advice on how we get through a wilderness season, except for the one who allowed us to be there in the first place. And that's crazy to me. That's like trying to operate a piece of equipment with no manual and then asking somebody that's never operated that equipment to tell you how it works. That's ridiculous, right? And you're in most of the time, guess what happens? And, and I work around equipment and machinery all the time. Guess what happens if you operate a piece of equipment not according to the way it was designed to be operated? Usually somebody gets hurt. Well, that's all we have for this week's episode. We're so grateful for each one of you. We wanted to let you know that we're praying for you and believe in God for his best in your life. Don't forget, share the podcast, download it. And if you would leave us a review, it greatly helps us with the algorithms and getting this show out to as many people as possible. Until then, don't forget this one thing. The truth can't change your heart if your ears have shut the door. We'll see you next week.